Annyeonghaseyo. Welcome to Afternoon of Delight. We're Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare recs for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some deck bulky and listen to your new favorite unis. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Leah's home. Yay. I'm home. And my internet is now at 180. Is Do you say MPBS or do you say MPBS? <laughs> I said MBPS and, and Neil kept getting mad at me for saying it. So then I was going like, MPBS. And he didn't like that either. What does he want me to say? I want to make Neil happy. He wants me to like say the actual words, which I don't. Megabytes per second. Yeah. And I was like, who does? No, I don't want to That's do a that. lot to say, Neil. <laughs> yeah, come on. I think it's easier to say megabytes per second than MBPS. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's so irritated with me. So we have all found like a new hobby in addition to watching K-drama now. Does anyone want to talk about our fun new hobby? I mean, I bought a fedora on Amazon <laughs> just for this <laughs> new hobby. <laughs> oh, I forgot about my red scarf. I should have worn my red scarf when I did the goblin. Yeah. So we joined TikTok and... Look, we're just having fun with it, okay? We're just having harmless fun. So Leah has posted several, you know, scenes from K-dramas that we love. And I did a little skit role-playing as Reaper, you know, Grim Reaper from Goblin, my favorite Lee Dong-wook role. And what Leah did, like a a white truck skit, the white truck of doom. And I literally cried (laughs) on TikTok, so... You'll have to go and see why. So I was showing my son last night because I was like, look, look at how check out like your sweet ass mom being so cool and down. And he was like, oh, my God, you have made a TikTok for your podcast. I'm like, we did come look at it. And he's like, oh, God. And then he looked at it. and He's like, that is the cringiest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, but it's awesome, too. Right. And he's like fair most TikToks cringy. So then I went up to Nick and we all know like Nick. It Well, I mean listeners i'm not sure how up you are on like the fact my husband is like not down with stuff like tiktok and so i was like look what i just did tonight like you know in the comfort of my couch on like my spare time like with like you know my kids mostly like checked out for the night and he was working of course in his office so i show it to him he gives me a look of like (laughs) disdain (laughs) and he was like look how I'm spending my time and look how you're spending your time. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm writing a book chapter for like some like freaking who even knows what like textbook. Yeah. You know what, Nick, who's having more fun? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, that looks like a page turner. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, do they bone Nick? Do they bone in that chapter? Are you pretending to be hit by a semi truck? No, you're not. (laughs) Leah I loved it I thought it was very funny and I super appreciated it so you know yeah I just I'm gonna make him watch everyone's like every time you make one now I'm gonna be like Nick come look look at Megan and Amy's new TikTok and just like watch his like level of happiness just plummet yes awesome (laughs) I'm gonna I gotta make more yeah I ordered it because we had an Amazon package and it was like really light and I'm like what is this what did I order and then I remembered it was my fedora We need to do like a Halloween party. Maybe we could do like a listener Zoom call. Oh my God, that would be amazing if we did like some sort of special Afternoon of Delight podcast group Zoom and listeners could call in and we all have to dress in costume of like a favorite character. That would be amazing. 
I think just making it like a character, not trying to like, because yeah. it could get very problematic. No, no, quickly, no, no, no. Yeah. But... No. yeah. <laughs> we have like our own little K-drama convention. Yeah. Oh my God. We must do that. I'll be there with my fedora. And I'll have my red scarf. I'm all set. I have my costume. And I'll tie like a baby arm to my neck and yeah. be the sex neck bane. <laughs> yeah, you just need to throw on an Eileen Fisher cardigan and you are all set. Yeah, that is actually very true. I have been hunting down, like, I legitimately Googled healer costumes. <laughs> but I'm going to have to just make my own. I already have the black ball cap. I just need to find a turtleneck. I don't like turtlenecks, so I'm about to buy one. You and need then a tactical just, vest, don't you? I guess. I got to find. Well, he's got, I do have that, like, one shoulder strap messenger. Like, I have those. Messenger bag. And then you just need, they're just like chemistry goggles. You know, but like right. not not the super like stuck to your face ones, but right. I just got to go find like ugly looking glasses, and I'm down. So then I will be doing some Reaper ones because I have some ideas. So don't you worry, everyone. So what is our TikTok like name? Our handle? I think it's Afternoon yeah. of Delight Podcast. I can tell you right now. Our logo's the picture. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's the full thing. Afternoon of Delight Podcast. Yeah, with our logo. That's smart thinking. <laughs> I set that up. There wasn't a lot of frills. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously TikTok is pretty good for fandoms, and we're maybe a little involved in it there. So we just thought we would then take a fandom discussion to the pod. And that's what we're discussing on today's episode. So speaking of fandoms, what was your first fandom experience? And are you still in it? I think I've talked about this before. <laughs> on the podcast, but I am a big fan of Marvel comics, specifically the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, I've been fans of stuff before. In early high school, I was, you know, a New Kids on the Block fan. And yeah, I went to a couple concerts, but I never attempted any sort of like fan meet and greet or anything like that. Like that was not on my radar of anything that I wanted to do. I liked seeing my Jordan Knight Bay from afar and then, you know, going home because I was 16. So I think what truly got me into Marvel fandom, aside from trying to figure out how to make Chris Evans my husband, that's still a current project, is that my kids share the fandom with me. I have a 12-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. And it's truly such a fun thing to experience together, especially when they make monetary contributions towards things like getting our picture taken with Captain America, aka my husband Chris Evans, and Loki or Tom Hiddleston. And just like this, you know, our podcast, it's us experiencing this fandom together. And it is that sort of collective joy that I think makes a fandom so special. So for me, I would have to say Lord of the Rings. These movies, well, first of all, I should say I read the books when I was younger. And then the movies came out when I was in college. And so I would drive to my husband's, well, he was then my boyfriend, now my husband. Every time the movies came out, we would drive to his hometown, which was like two and a half hours away from our college. And we would watch the movies at midnight. You know, they would come out that Thursday at like midnight or whatever. And we would be there. We would order the tickets at a time, get our seats. And yeah, I would watch them with his family. And I was pretty obsessed. I had the nickname Frodo in college because I am very short. And I also had a really bad haircut for like a year. So that was also it. But I also just because I talked about the movies all the time like a dork and i had a crush on aragorn who didn't and i still make lord of the rings references at inappropriate times and in fact i just yelled to mordor for really no reason at my rec soccer game this tuesday i camped out to see the first one i remember in montana in college and my it was so cold 
And we were the second people in line. It was like me and the guy I was with at the time. And we were behind a guy in full costume. And then we were like, huh, that guy's like ridiculous. And I'm like, but we're the second people in line. (laughs) We're not any better. I like to go legless. What's your elf I see? (laughs) I mean, it was a massive fandom when those movies came out. And they were, you know, at the time, they were very unique and incredible, budget busting, all of that. I mean, there's still so many scenes that stick in my head from those movies. Can you believe Netflix is remaking it? Too? What? I just feel like I've got mixed. Fe- yeah, it's going to be like a huge new Netflix series. No. Why? 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 I mean, like, look, I say that now, like, why, why? When realistically, I'm probably going to like devour the whole thing. Right. And I'm really curious about the casting. But I mean, like, come on, like the casting. Sean Astin is saying, yeah, like, Sam? You can't replace Sean Astin. <laughs> I remember there was like a, a Vigo? meme that came out that they were talking about like his like role in Stranger Things and everyone was like, he didn't carry a ring to Mordor to be known <laughs> as Bob or Bill from Stranger Things. What was his name? Bill? Bob from Radio yeah, Shack. Who got, yeah, who, who comes to a very horrible end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but a noble, a noble a end. A very noble end. I love Bob. Yeah, we just, my son and I just rewatched. So yeah, talk about fandoms like Stranger right. Things is another one. We went to Stranger Con like we're dorks. I don't oh care. Oh my god! It. But the casting for Lord of the Rings was just so iconic for so many reasons. I mean, that made Orlando Bloom famous pretty much. I was just gonna say it gave us Orlando Bloom, and I thank Peter Jackson for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. All right, so for me, it was the monkeys. <laughs> I and lo- I don't know if you know this about. Me, I love no, and I love this, and I'm I'm going to contest something that you say. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. Okay, so, you know, the monkeys, and I'm talking about, like, not the actual monkeys, like, in the jungle. I'm talking about the, like, I'm not a stepping stone, last train to Clarksville, daydream believer monkeys. And this happened for me, I think, because, like, their reruns used to be on after school for me when I was little. And so, like, Mickey Dolan's, <laughs> I, I, I think, Megan, we're just, like, always going to be talking about our sexual awakenings now, thanks to your, like, rum tum tugger. But for me, truly, <laughs> I think it was Mickey Dolan's at like eight for me although no joke i mean like you know do you remember like on those like 80s playgrounds megan maybe you're too young there were like the horses that like bounced and mm-hmm. like you could rock on them mm-hmm. and they were like on these yes. like little like slinky things mm-hmm. and they could get a little sexual like you could really get rocking on it <laughs> i named mine peter torque oh and like <laughs> so <I would> sit <laughs> and ride peter torque Rhea! like a <laughs> rodeo but i don't so think i realized what i was doing know. yeah it was just an innate Oh, Need. my God. You were torquing on Peter Tork. That's a good one, Amy. So, okay. I saw them live because my neighbor won tickets at a 7-Eleven. <gasps> I'm so jealous of this. And so they were doing, like, a show, but they were, like, old as shit. And I didn't even care. They weren't, like, the young cuties from, like, the show I was watching. They were, like, old. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't matter. To me, I do think Davy Jones is overrated. Fun other facts Mike Nesmith is independently wealthy because his mom invented liquid paper, which is also known as whiteout. I did know that. And Mickey Dolenz has a daughter. So I had originally planned to name Amy Dolenz. And she also has a Georgia, too. And so Georgia was going to be the name of my firstborn child. <laughs> and all these facts just, like, live in my brain. You're welcome. And I'm guessing, Amy, you want to quibble on Davy Jones? I do. I mean, I'm not going to quibble. I'm going to just say, fine, more for me. I mean, I I just remember the episode of The Brady Bunch where Marsha got to meet Davy Jones and I was like losing my shit, (laughs) like that Marsha got to do this. 
And I, yeah, I remember the reruns of the monkeys. I feel like they were on like during the day and like I got to watch it when I was homesick. Maybe that's what it was. Because I feel like I, I was always so excited when I was homesick because I got to watch the monkeys. And there was also like, there was like a Beatles cartoon that I think was also like in, I mean, it had to have been in reruns because the Beatles are older than the monkeys. But yeah, I absolutely adored the monkeys. I am so super jealous knowing that you got to see them even when they were old because I would have totally been down for that. It was my first concert. I was probably eight. And I just love the fact that I really was visually, if you looked at it, probably just humping the <laughs> shit out of my Peter Tork bouncy horse on the playground. Oh I just so you know like, what kind of child I was. I'm not surprised. <laughs> also, and what were like my classmates thinking? I'm like, don't worry. This is just my horse named after the <laughs> band from the 60s. Just Peter Tork. <laughs> I, so like... I'm pretty sure when we started this podcast, yeah. it was fairly G-rated, and we've just so you all know, it's it's gone off the deep end, and I don't think we're going to come back to the surface. <laughs> I guess you're right. It's so, pretty X-rated to talk about humping the horse, right? Right. <laughs> my parents love the monkeys, and my mom always had a huge crush on Davy Jones. I thought you were saying my parents listen to the podcast, and I'm like, well, that's awkward. <laughs> no, my mother-in-law said she listened to it one time, but she's like, I had no idea. She doesn't watch K dramas, so she's like, I didn't know what you were talking about. I was like, it's probably better. I'll say a true story in one of my books, one that recently just got released in audio. It's called The One That Got Away. One of my characters' quirks, you know, because I like to give my characters like a thing. And it's another one of our writer friends, Natalie. I'll give a shout out to Natalie. Hey, Natalie. I was like, what's a good thing I should give for, you know, my heroine, Bryn? And she's like, make her like a super monkeys fangirl. I was like, oh, I'm totally going to do that. So there's so much monkeys references. In, oh my gosh, you're right. There book. is. Yeah. So. That makes me very happy that we're talking about the monkeys. All right. So what's something random that you love that you wish had a fandom? The Redwall series by Brian Jocks. So seriously, I don't know if any of you are familiar with this book series, but it's incredible. These were my absolute favorite books as a kid. So essentially, maybe this is why I like Game of Thrones, but essentially it's like Game of Thrones, but for a younger audience and with talking animals. I mean, that's probably the best comparison I feel like I can give. I read all the books. I mean, there are a lot. There's like spinoffs and all kinds of stuff. There are warrior mice and badgers and pirate rats. And it is seriously incredible. They are like a middle grade reading level, I believe. But there is romance. I mean, among mice, like tame romance, of course, and battles and action and personal sacrifices and no King Joffrey. <laughs> it is so good. And I just honestly wish like when I was younger, I, I was just like me reading these books. Like I didn't at that age, there was no internet. <laughs> Makes me sound so old. When I read these books, there was no internet, you know, and I just wish that I'd been in some sort of fandom and I could squee about Martin and Matthias and all the mice that I loved. I think one was Clover, maybe there was a mouse. I forget, Matthias. I think that was the love interest. Yeah, wasn't it Clover? It was like something. Yeah, like, okay. something. So, Megan, <laughs> while I was busily humping on the Peter Tork course, <laughs> I could have been your friend because I was also loving the shit out of the Red Wolf. Oh, series. we were meant to be. And my son has gotten into it. So Jared's <gasps> read all the Red Wolves. No, that's and so amazing. I'm going to get Bronte on them next. And I think for me, one thing that sticks out to you is the food porn. Like they were always feasting on like acorn loaves and like pumpkin tarts, especially the, when they were like in the monastery. And like, you know, they were always eating the shit out of good food. I absolutely remember the food porn in those books because it's true. They always had, yeah, they had like these like honey cakes or whatever. And yeah, it was always about food. And I almost positive that I had some sort of Red Wall cookbook 
cookbook. I'm serious. I I know. I was just going to say, I think there is a Redwall cookbook. And I'm almost positive I had it. I mean, that's hard to cast my memory back. But I was so obsessed with those books. And I recently found the first one in like my parents' house. I don't know what happened to all the rest of them, but I found the first one and I was just so excited and I wouldn't let my mom like throw it out or donate it because it has such sentimental value to me because that was kind of the first sort of series that I fell really hard for and read ravenously. They're just so freaking good. You know, we're doing a huge drive tomorrow, like seven or eight hours. And maybe I was thinking of an audiobook that like the whole car could listen to and maybe this would be good. There you go. Check out the narrator and make sure somebody there <laughs> right. No kidding. For seven, oh, because that's important. I mean, I, that's how I read. I read audiobooks, but yeah, it's definitely narrator dependent. And there's so much going on in those books. That's the thing. There's like these romances, but then there's like action. I mean, the, I remember the battles being like legendary. Again, that, I'm remembering what my mind thought of them when I was, you know, in elementary school. But still, I just found them incredible. And the, you know, great villains, really good villains. You know, heroes that you know sacrifice for like their loved ones because the whole thing is there's like a essentially like a monastery home that's called Redwall that they protect and the Redwall's like you know it's happy and they live a wonderful life and everyone's kind and so they just do everything they can to protect Redwall so librarian me is very thankful for this discussion because I haven't read the Redwall books but I don't know if listeners know, but I was a high school librarian up until the pandemic hit. And then I work in a K through 12 district. And so I got switched to an elementary school last year, which is where I'm staying because I loved it there. And I'm working on basically updating the collection from the previous librarian. And there's a lot of gaps. And we have like gapped like series and stuff like that. And Redwall is one of them where we have like a couple of books in the series, but they're not even sequential. And I don't think we have the first one. And so you both are making me realize that I have to make sure that I have at least the whole original Redwall series. And recommend them because, you know, they're epic. Kids need to, yeah, they're epic. The thing about it is that, again, it made me fall in love with like a connected series. And I think that's pretty cool for a kid to understand that, you know, reading a book is great, but opening it up to like an expanded world, like what Redwall does. I mean, he continually pushes out and expands this world of, you know, talking animals. And I know it sounds, but it's just, they're so amazing. So no, it's amazing. And there's like, I think also it has like a really rich ensemble cast too, which I mean, obviously like is my preference even in K-drama. And so like, you'll have like the main follow through heroic journey, but then there's all these like really good B stories that really like help like make a foundation that feels really rich. So this has turned into a podcast not about K-drama, but Redwall. Well, what do you think makes fandom friendship special? When you share a fandom, and I kind of already mentioned this, but when you share a fandom with others like the three of us are doing, I think it just, I mean, this sounds super cheesy, but it truly fills my bucket. Like to love something so hard is fun, but it's lonely to love it by yourself. So to love it with people who truly get it, it just brings me so much joy. Like if a day goes by that I don't talk something K-drama with you two, my heart hurts a little bit. Our fandom friendship just makes my heart so happy. It makes me so happy. And I think it's, you know, we've been good friends for almost a decade, but I think that this has brought us even closer together because we all genuinely just have this pure love for this, you know, genre of entertainment. And I love that we get to share it. Mm, I, I, too. I know. And 
Yeah, I mean, that is what I love about fandoms is the genuine connections you can make that allows you to really get into the nitty gritty of what you love. That's the thing. I really enjoy discussing things with nuance and learning from other people, you know, new perspectives, like to a certain show or a performance. I mean, I look forward to recording this podcast every single week. And it's one of my most favorite things to do. And it's because we really get into the meat of dramas, hear each other out and gain new perspectives of the media we're consuming. So, you know, in watching K-drama, what's a character that you just never expected to love as much as you do? I'm going to say Joe on sub, played by Wu Do Wan from King the Eternal Monarch. I would take a bullet for him. Someone just posted on Twitter, like, just saying that he was their favorite character and they said something like whoever styled joe unsub like his hair and everything like deserves an award and it's so true but that character to me like king needed a hundred percent more joe unsub i mean he was just so wonderful and i love him and i want another drama with with just him so for me i think it was ju ray from me sang I'd watched Siwon, the actor in Run On, and, you know, we did a podcast on that show. And while I eventually warmed up to him and his character and the drama as a whole, even though it was a very slow start, you know, I wasn't dying over him by any means. Then came Misang, and I just felt like his performance was everything as this, like, scrappy, slightly hapless everyman trying to make it in this cynical corporate world while retaining, like, innocence and a moral compass. So I really just never expected to love this drama. like. It got recommended enough that it caught my attention. And one night I just decided to like try it out. And truly, it just became like an all-time God-tier favorite. So for me, it was Choi Young-do, played by Kim Woo-bin in Airs. And it was the same. It was like, you know, the Lee Min-ho and the Lee Joon-gi effect. Like when we learned about... Kim Woo-bin, just his name from Goblin, and that, you know, that was a big joke in Goblin that Reaper said his name was Kim Woo-bin. He was trying to think of a name because he didn't have a name, and he had to tell Sonny a name. And none of us knew who Kim Woo-bin was. And so, you know, I looked him up, and I was like, he's an interesting-looking guy, but, like, I don't know him from anything and, and whatever. And then you see him on screen, and this character, like, I still think about this character all the time. And Kim Woo-bin's character, Choi Young-do, who deserved so much more than he got, in the end of this drama. And he is the reason that I went and tortured myself through uncontrollably fond and watching Kim Ubin with a brain tumor. But yeah, it's just one of those things where because of this character, because of Choi Young-do, I want to see Kim Ubin in all of the romantic leads. He was such the poorest, poor little rich boy that there was. Like, wait, you know, we, we talk about, like, I love Lee Min-ho in Airs. I love Kim Tan, but Kim Tan was almost a water bottle hero you know, along with the water bottle heroine that we talked about there, like he didn't have much to grow. And I don't think that was, you know, his fault or anything like that. But yeah, Kim Woo-bin's character had such a great arc and great growth that yeah, Choi Young-do, I just absolutely adore. Do you think you might do, I know we're talking about doing another second male lead SOS. Yes. I'm mad that I forgot him for the first second male lead SOS, but it was because I had just watched My Love from Another fiery burning planet that I chose that second male lead for our second male lead SOS. But yes, Choi Young-do will for sure be my next one. Okay, but he deserved it. My love from another star. Yeah, he, he deserved did. Oh, he did. The SOS. So yeah, 100%. he did right. So does anyone have like a character in K-drama that you feel like everyone loves, but you just like don't? <laughs> so <laughs> leading, leading I'm question. I'm leaving. Uh, so I never warmed up to Kim Shin like everyone else and their mother from Goblin. And I don't know what's wrong with me. 
because I love Gong Yu, but this was not my favorite role of his. So cue Amy and Leah telling me I'm wrong. I just feel like maybe your soul <laughs> is stuck in Reaper's tea room. And so like you're just like living a I life so. right now where like your soul didn't come along. <laughs> I'm going to say this too. I really think part of it is that I was so into Reaper and Sunny. I was so, so into that storyline. Like, I bet if they weren't in the drama, I would have been more into the, I really think so. But instead, I just, all, I just wanted, I just wanted Reaper scenes. I was just so into that storyline. And because it, it wasn't just them acting either. It was like their whole, that whole backstory just killed me. You know, there's, Certain things that I can tolerate in a friendship. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> this is one that I can't. So I'm going to. Okay, once this is on. once this podcast is over, I'm going to drink the tea and forget okay. that it ever happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Allowed. So, what is a character that you love that everyone else seems to hate? I'm taking one for Gu Jumpyo from Boys Over Flowers because okay, he is. A problematic character. Yes, yes, blah, blah, blah. He does things like tell the heroine to lick his shoe and we get it. And, you know, Amy and I did a whole podcast on it. But look, like watching him, I had actual visceral feelings in my grit and chart for this like walking emotional boo-boo who lashed out at the world because all he wanted was to be loved. You know, I feel like now it's just like trendy and like expected to like pile up on him. And his character. And, you know, he is kind of the worst sometimes. But I also thought, like, he was awesome sometimes and sweet and goofy. And honestly, I just, I liked this character and I am not ashamed to say it. So he is an awful baby man who is growing to be a fictionally good man. And I'm happy to cheer on those kind of characters. But like the caveat also being that I love Mr. Rochester with all my heart. And he's a guy who locked up his wife in an attic while he married a teenager. So <laughs> I didn't put anything for this one because I 100% agree with you, Leah. Like that was my, my first thought was Gu Jun Pio. And I love this character with all of his faults and flaws. I absolutely love him because like you said, there's some awful things that he does, but there are some super adorable things that he does. And I will never get over him spending the day with Jandy's family and eating street food for the first time and just going to town on the fish cakes on the stick. And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And you know what? This was the breakout role for Lee Min Ho. And I totally understand why. So is there like a K-drama character, like fictional character that you would most like to be like? Well, I feel like because we did a Flower of Evil podcast and it's out there that I can talk about Cha Ji Wan now, played by Moon Che Wan in Flower of Evil. She's the heroine in Flower of Evil. And what I love about her and what I would love to be able to do someday, you know, with, with the right partner, she loves with her whole heart and soul, but not to the extent of losing herself or losing her perspective. And it's because of the way that she loves, I believe that, no spoilers, Flower of Evil is able to end the way that it does and one of the reasons that the drama has left an indelible mark on my own heart and that I will never forget. I agree. She actually, despite the plot of that, she actually really did have a lot of agency. Yep. There were a lot of ways that she made decisions that drove what happened. 
So I'm going to twist this a little. My trifecta of favorite heroines is Choi A. Ra from Fight for My Way, Bong Hee from Suspicious Partner, and Goose A. Ra from Into the Ring. All of these women are tenacious, stubborn, messy, a little alpha, and have the support of their men. And I want to be them or be friends with them. So I'm going aspirational for someone that I don't resemble very much at all. And for me, what comes to mind is Cha Sung Wah from Hospital Playlist 1 and 2, played by Jae Amin Do. And I just love this character. She is a neurosurgeon. She is pretty type A, which I am not. But I feel like she's a really good mentor, which I really respect. And like, you know, I guess I work in higher ed and try to like do mentoring with students. But I feel like she's an awesome teacher to the residents that are under her care. I feel like she's an awesome friend. I love how much she loves to eat. And I know that's always like a thing in K-drama, but like her love of food is like beyond anyone else's. I feel like she is hilariously amazing at eating. I love her like hopeful relationship that might be developing just everything, everything about this character. I think she's so fun. And the thing I really enjoy too is that like she's in a band with her like four best guy friends who are all very talented singers. And in real life, this actress is like a famous musical theater actress. But on the show, she's completely tone deaf, yet wants to be a rock star so bad. And so just every once in a while takes over the mic and like howls like horribly. And her friends like her enough that they're willing to just suck it up and let her like destroy their ears for a little while. (laughs) It's so funny because even when she's just singing backup, she is singing off key. And so, and that's a talent too. Like when you are a good singer to be able to do poorly well, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so funny. There are times where it's not even like the band where she's just hanging out with one of her doctor friends, like in the courtyard of the hospital. And she gets like just into a singing mood and starts belting something out horribly and it's so endearing and so fun and i 100 percent agree with the eating watching her and junwan eat together and they're both like the scrawniest of the friends and yes. they both just like eat faster than everyone and take everyone's food <laughs> and everybody stares at them like oh my god i haven't even started what is the matter with you and now it's time for our favorite segment our k recommendation of the week and this week we have megan with another k-pop rec So this week, I'm recommending the song Hello Bitches. (laughs) That's by CL. So this was a song that I listened to before I really knew what K-pop was. Like, I didn't know this was a K-pop song. I just thought it was... Well, I mean, it is just that she's a Korean rapper. But I actually wrote a book based on just kind of the whole aesthetic of CL in this video. She's very powerful. She dances with, you know, really bold, aggressive dancing, all the women. And it's just, I love it. I love it so much. But yeah, I wrote a book in 2017. The heroine is based on CL. So that's how much I loved it. And it's really catchy. CL is a former member of the K-pop band 21. And she herself is awesome. I actually think she's coming out with new solo music soon. And she's just, she's really fantastic. So, and the song, again, I highly recommend it because it's so catchy. So again, it's called Hello, Bitches. That's what she says. (laughs) So Hello Bitches by C-L. So that's, you know, the letter C, the letter L. 
Awesome. Sounds good. And also, while we've got you here, just a quick plug that while we're celebrating fandom, a way you can join in community with this fun fandom is to follow us on Instagram at Afternoona Delight Podcast, where we do lots of games and share memes and talk about shows that don't make it onto the podcast. And then also now, obviously, we have our TikTok. So you can watch us, you know, cringe out my son over at Afternoona Delight Podcast on TikTok. And if you like anything that you hear on the show or you want to make a comment, you can email us at afternoonadelightpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're really feeling, you know, like doing a good deed today, please jump on to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review because it's a great way for us to build out our listenership and be able to keep contributing to this fandom that has given us so much. Yeah, and I would say it almost does feel a little bit like we kind of are getting our own little fandom. Like we definitely have people who seem to, you know, they regularly listen to us. They regularly comment. Sometimes they interact with each other. And we just love that so much. So thank you very much. Okay, so for this part of the podcast, we thought it would be fun to do a little bit of fan fictioning. So I gave, you know, the other hosts little prompts and then they took it away and kind of created like a short K-drama blurb idea on like the fan fiction prompt. So why don't we start with Megan? Megan, if you want to share the prompt and then what you decided to do with it. Okay, so my prompt was to take two beloved heroes and team them up to take down a villain. So I'm very excited about this one. I thought of this one in the shower because that's where all my best ideas come from. And actually, little quick story, Amy... I think it was Amy, a long time ago, bought me shower notes. Aquanotes. Aquanotes. Amy, a long time ago, bought me Aquanotes, and I used them all until my daughter found them, and then she scribbled on them. But I love those Aquanotes, and I 100% use them. Okay, anyway, so here we go. Kim Shin, a, I know, and I said he was a character that I don't love, but if he was in this role, I would love him. So here we go. Kim Shin, a Goryeo-era warrior, returns from one of his numerous battles to a jealous king who is also his brother-in-law. Convinced by a shady advisor that Kim Shin will be his ruin, the king tells the warrior to leave or die with the rest of his family. Kim Shin doesn't want to leave his sister or the only home he ever knows but his right-hand man in battle, Jon Snow. <laughs> Woo! If you don't know who Jon Snow is, he's from Game of Thrones. So Jon Snow convinces him that banishment is the best option for right now. They will go north to guard the border, as the king suggests. But Jon Snow has plans. He's in love with the queen, Kim Shin's sister, and he will do anything to save her from the paranoid king. He also looks up to Kim Shin like a father and won't let him spend the rest of his days being banished after all he sacrificed for the kingdom. While spending their cold days guarding the border, they spend their nights plotting their return. Armed with swords, wits, and a powerful army of wraiths from beyond the border, they return to save the kingdom and the queen. Very fun. I love it. I love Jon Snow. So, And like two dudes who look so good in black. Like throw Aragorn in for good measure and like that's a trifecta. So this is the thing is like I remember when I was watching Goblin and there was a scene where I think, you know, Kim Shin like falls off his horse and he then like brandishes his sword during like a rush of incoming like mounted warriors. And that's I honestly was like, this was inspired by Game of Thrones. Like whoever directed the scene was like no shade. That's great. You should be inspired by Game of Thrones because their battle scenes were incredible. So but it just reminded me of the scene from Battle of the Bastards the famous Jon Snow scene where he's like on the ground 
just him and a sword and there's just a whole line of, of warriors coming at him oh, so freaking good so good anyway i love Jon snow with all my heart like i wanted to be i think i have a deflowering kink or something i don't know because i wanted to be your grit so bad in the grotto yep in uh in the grotto you know nothing Jon snow oh god i love him so so anyway that was mine i had a lot of fun i would watch that read that whatever wherever it ended up i would be there for it 100 percent. so my prompt that leah gave me is a favorite character meets a non-k-drama character and discovers they have great chemistry someone gets jealous my first reaction was am i allowed to be the non-k-drama character but i didn't think i was so i didn't insert myself into this but i wanted to So I mentioned earlier that I'm a huge Marvel fan, and the last Marvel movie that I saw is the most recent one, which is Black Widow. And I also, I have a huge, huge crush on the actress Florence Pugh, and she plays a main character in Black Widow, Yelena Belova. So she's who I chose to be my non-K-drama character. So just letting you know who she is before I begin. Okay. Yelena Belova, a Russian spy trained in the Red Room as a Black Widow, learns that she's been brainwashed and manipulated to kill a close friend and winds up going rogue. She hides out in a safe house in Busan, where she is discovered by a time-traveling, universe-hopping king named Ligon, who claims that he rules a different Korea with a C, and that he has been separated from his love, Jong Taeol, by his own Prime Minister, Gu Seorong, who wishes to steal his throne, a Prime Minister who might just have connections to the organization who controls the Red Room, the organization who stole Yelena's life. Now the two must work together to stop Prime Minister Gu and to get Lee Gong back to his would-be queen. But when Tao unexpectedly finds a portal to an injured Lee Gong herself, she finds him in Yelena's care. While Tao might be a skilled detective, she's no match for Yelena, a trained assassin who can protect Lee Gong like she never could. Will the three of them be able to work together to save both their universes, or will a king's divided love be their ultimate demise? Dang. Oh my goodness. A love triangle? Yeah. Mayhaps? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Someone's going to get that. Queen of Korea with a C. <laughs> <laughs> ne- hashtag never over it. Never, never over ever it. fucking over it. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I would watch it. Okay, so the prompt I gave myself, I actually had no idea what I was going to do, but it came to me last night while I was making the TikTok for some reason. A favorite main K-drama character goes on a blind date with an unexpected minor K-drama character. It shouldn't make sense, and yet it totally does. So I went with Omi Ju, played by Shin Se-kyung, and Kim Joo Myuk, played by Yoo Soo-bin. So Omi Ju is the heroine on Run On, and she writes subtitle translations for movies. She's the kind of person who's thrilled when she sees her name as a translator during the end credits. She's a movie-holic who loves to discuss films, and Kim Ju Miak has to work hard for this blind date because basically he has to crawl through Captain Ree's tunnel of love from crash landing on you because he is actually one of the ducklings from that drama, A North Korean Soldier. So specifically, he's a North Korean soldier who's in love with watching bootleg copies of K-dramas. And I feel like Jumiak and Miju would have this really fantastic blind date because what breaks the ice quicker than dishing on favorite shows? You can really get a sense of a person by what they like. Not like I'm saying if they enjoy Game of Thrones, they want to commit incest with their twin. But I do think it's like a bit of a clue to their personality. Also, their personalities are both really emotional. They cry a lot, but in a sweet way. So I feel like, you know, they could also go see a melodrama together, share popcorn and sniffle during the credits at the end. And it would be so cute. I love it. This is adorable. Yes, I fully ship it. I'm telling you, 
Netflix, okay. Studio Dragon, you need us. <laughs> God, we're so good. We are. So what would be the most random K-drama retelling ship or mashup that we all really deserve to watch? Like if Netflix was going to just like wave a wand and let us make our ultimate like fandom feast. Okay. So I got a couple here. So first, ships within an existing drama. I'd go for Goblin with uh, Kim Shin Reaper romance. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> or the King Eternal Monarch with a Joe Young, Joan Sub romance. <laughs> Because can you imagine Wudo Wan playing his own love interest? He could do it. I have no doubt. No doubt at all. Amazing. Yeah. I would watch I would watch 40 hour long episodes. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. But poor Wudo Wan would be exhausted. Can you imagine exhausted, getting right? together with like your own doppelganger? Right? I mean, somebody should explore that because it's it's interesting. It is. And as for a mashup, I really want to give Kim Woo Bin's character Choi Young Do, like I mentioned earlier from Ayers, the HEA he deserves, happily ever after. And I could totally ship him with Seo Dan, played by Seo Ji Hai from Crash Landing on You, who also could stand a little bit more of a happily ever after. So let's get these two together. Their personalities, definitely. Right? And I just have to go back to this doppelganger. Like, I feel like this could be such an amazing, like, boy love short. On Vicky is like a doppelganger romance. I'm into it. Kind of like color rush, but it's yourself. <laughs> Am I the only one here who watched Loki? Yeah. Yeah. So Loki deals with that. I'm just saying it's time travel in parallel universes, and there's different Lokis in every universe. And is he hooking up with himself? It's a Loki who identifies as female who calls herself Ooh, Sylvie. I like it. I mean, it was so fun. And I mean, this is not a spoiler alert, but the post credit scene in the last episode is that there's going to be a Loki season two. So I'm like out of my mind with agony to wait for that. But yeah, it was so good. So good. Okay. So I want a Goose Ra and Bong Hee partnership. I already mentioned them earlier. Goose Ra is from Into the Ring and Bong Hee is from Suspicious Partner. They're the heroines in both. They can totally be romantically involved. I'd be totally a-okay with that. All I can say is that they would be a power couple or a power team. Goose Ra is a smart, determined councilwoman who cares about the people of her town, paired up with lawyer Bong Hee, and they would be champions for the voiceless. I literally get tingles thinking about it. They both have amazing hair, kind of crazy eyes, not much fashion sense, and they each know what it's like to be down and out, especially Bong Hee. So yeah, I want to pair them up and have them just take down all the bad baddies. And what were the K-dramas they were both from? So Goose Ra is from Into the Ring and Bong Hee is from Suspicious Partners. Fun. And we're going to be doing Into the Ring this fall. Oh, it's just Goose Ra is just one of a kind. I just really want everyone to experience how amazing <laughs> Goose Ra is. So for me, I went with Reaper too, but like Reaper, not Wong Yeo from Goblin. And I want to ship his character with Kim Byung In from Mr. Queen, aka our favorite baby bay of the pod, Not In Woo. Because look, I kind of can't believe that we forgot about Not In Woo and our Pretty When You Cry. Because oh my gosh, seriously, like what? How how did we forget? What's him? wrong with us? And they're both so tall, so like damaged, and like. You know, I mean, they'd be like total goth music listeners <laughs> together. <laughs> and I just feel like they're like, they feel their feels. And I am all up for the healing, tortured power of their love. So I'm hoping that when Byung In died, 
reaper is there like at the tea room and like then falls for him because imagine falling for the person in the tea room that like is about to go to their next life but like you fall in love i I mean that's amazing i need this and in this tea room scene the song in silence from it's okay is playing as well like yes and then they have to go through the door. You can't keep them. But then, like, you're also, like, a reaper. So you can kind of, like, find them in their next life and, like, kind of, like, but then you're the reaper. Oh, my God. It's so good. I love it so much. Oh, my gosh. I love that you have to specify not Wang Yo because yeah. we, don't want, we don't want scraggly stash reaper. No, we don't. I actually read an interview where Lee Dong Wook hated the mustache. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, like, that makes me like him, like, even more. He hated the fedora because he said he didn't like that he had to keep touching up his hair after he took it off, which just feels like a really Lee Dong Wook thing to say. And then he hated the mustache, and they convinced him that he should have the mustache. Amazing. Just a little factoid there. He was wrong on the fedora, right on the mustache. So wrong. (laughs) The fedora is iconic. Okay, so I threw in a surprise last minute question just because I was thinking about it this morning when I woke up and I figured, you know, we could wing this because, you know, I don't think this is like a mental stretch for any of us. So first, which K-drama actor would you like to meet in person and why? And then also let's flip it to what about a fictional character? So I, I love it that I checked the script really quick before we logged on and I saw that you did this. So I had mine ready and waiting. So to me in real life, I mean, it's always going to be Gong Yu. If you've listened to me talk at all on other pods, like Gong Yu is the greatest of all time, the GOAT, and I have some real deep feelings for him <laughs> that I think he needs to know about. So I want to meet him for real. And he is, I mean, truly like, you know, we were joking around about TikTok, but last night when I was looking for my first thing to post on our afternoon at TikTok, I knew I wanted it to be something from Goblin. And so I went and watched the two most heart-wrenching scenes from Goblin to prepare myself. And I was sitting in bed at like two in the morning crying when I did my duet for our afternoon at TikTok. And there is nothing that makes me feel emotions as deeply as I feel in my real life as when Gong Yu emotes on screen. And so I just I need to meet him and tell him how much he has helped me have some catharsis in my real life. As for fictional character, because hashtag never over it, Lee Gon, my bae, Lee Min Ho from The King Eternal Monarch, because I need to understand why. <laughs> I need to understand why we don't have a queen on the throne like he promised we would have a queen on the throne. Hashtag never over it. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Okay, so yeah, this is a surprise, but for me, because I did not see this ahead of time, but that's kind of fun, isn't it? So I would say a real person. I know I talked about Bong Hee now from Suspicious Partner a couple times this podcast, but I just really love that character. But I also really love that actress. The actress is Nam Ji Hyun. I would love to meet her. I want to talk to her about what it's like to kiss Ji Chang Wook. I just have a lot of questions, okay? And I just think she's really cool. I've seen her in like behind the scenes stuff. She just seems fun. And I really, I really want to meet her. And then as far as a fictional character, Kodong Man. Hands down, I want to hang out with Kodong Man. And I, I mean, I know I mentioned him on the hangout. No, I swear. I swear. Cause he's taken by Choi Era. I respect it. But I think he would be so much fun to hang out with. Like I want to drink beers. I want to eat blood sausage. I want to maybe watch a training sesh. Just all of that. That's what I want to do. So Kodong Man, like, let's hang. Okay. So for me, I think in real life, I had to think about it a second, even though like it was my question because I didn't really know. And I think I would go actually with Lee Dong Wook because he looks kind of like an asshole and kind of funny. 
Like, I think he has a good sense of humor. And so, like, I was thinking about it less in terms of, like, a fan meet and greet. More like I would just, like, chill and, like, go drinking with him because he seems really sassy and that would be fun. Wait, before you go, I I just want to say I saw, like, an interview with him where he was just, like, kind of reading out, like, fan questions. And he is very sassy and very sad. I think I'm thinking of the same thing. It was just, like, that's what made me, like, that's what I thought of as, like, he's just... Like right. It would be amazing. Yeah. And I really enjoyed his talk show, the like, I want to talk and I enjoy a good conversationalist. So I think he would just be fun to talk to. But I really enjoy the fact that I think he is just like savage, like you said, and just like kind of an asshole. But like, that's fun. Like when you like go drinking with people like that, they're, they're just like, it sassy. is. I think he, well, he's, he's older. I mean, not old, but I just mean, he's not like in his 20s. Yeah. We're like the same age. ish. <laughs> yeah. He's highly successful he's beautiful and i think he's just like screw your like polite korean you know standards i'm just gonna like say what i want i just feel like he's like i'm too beautiful not to say what's <laughs> on my mind <laughs> he gets a hall pass for whatever he says because of what he looks like because he's freaking gorgeous yeah. and so and he's just like look at me i was you know reaper like screw you so sorry, Leah, you can finish. I just had to throw that in there. I agree with you. Yeah, no, I just think fun. he would be really fun. Just like this is a tangent, but like my cover model from the off the map series, Don Hood, huh? which I recommend listeners like find his Instagram, Don oh, Hood, because he's amazing. Oh, so good. So, so good. Like I have the same vibe. Like he seems like he'd be fun to hang out with, right? Like he seems really like yes. funny mm-hmm. and sassy, also very good looking, but like because he's so beautiful, but just like. <laughs> funny about it you know what i mean like i don't mm-hmm. i really enjoy it's really fun when somebody is like zoolander good looking but also just kind of like bitchy <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the best and then i think for fictional i'm gonna go with a character you haven't met yet and that is good boy from startup who i know you've seen like talked a lot about on social media because everyone talks about good boy and like whatever it's a thing i would totally love to like hang with good boy for a myriad of reasons one being that i would help him take care of his money plant (laughs) oh i want to learn about this money plant i'm excited when the show started today i saw like we're on video and megan has a money plant in the background and i was like oh my gosh there's like this money plant and startup that i can't get enough of and it's good boy's money plant all right well how about we round things out with a book wreck that comes from a place of fandom so we're talking about in the blurbs that we wrote here that we're writing some fan fiction. And actually, there are some published books, some published romance books that are great that have come from a place of fan fiction. And one of them is Beautiful Bastard by Christina Lauren. And they're an author duo. And they wrote together and met writing together, I believe, writing some Twilight fan fiction. And Beautiful Bastard was sort of born from that. And I love Twilight love, love Twilight. I'm unapologetic Twilight fan. And I love Beautiful Bastards. So I, I love the idea of taking, you know, the Bella and Edward romance to a whole other level in a fanfic sort of way. And so what came of that was this sort of office romance that is super sexy. And I just freaking loved it. And I'm going to read you the blur because it's been a lot of years since I read it, but it's one that stands out as a favorite romance of mine. So an ambitious intern, a perfectionist executive, and a whole lot of name-calling discover the story that garnered more than 2 million reads online. Whip-smart, hardworking, and on her way to an MBA, Chloe Mills has only one problem, her boss, Bennett Ryan. He's exacting, blunt, inconsiderate, and completely irresistible. A beautiful bastard. 
Bennett has returned to Chicago from France to take a vital role in his family's massive media business. He never expected that the assistant who'd been helping him from abroad was the gorgeous, innocently provocative, completely infuriating creature he now has to see every day. Despite the rumors, he's never been one for a workplace hookup. But Chloe's so tempting he's willing to bend the rules or outright smash them if it means he can have her all over the office. As their appetites for one another increase to a breaking point, Bennett and Chloe must decide exactly what they're willing to lose in order to win each other. Oh, this book is so good, you guys. I loved it. And I love Christina Lauren books in general. And this was the first one that I read and I highly recommend it. I have it on my Kindle. I just haven't read it. So I need to get on it. Yeah, I think I have it too. I just haven't read it. But I mean, it kickstarted an amazing career for them. They're doing amazing. Their last book, I think, was a New York Times bestseller. And it is sexy. Like, we are not talking closed door anything in this book, folks. So just (laughs) be prepared. You're getting some on-page goodness. So the reason I think I actually ended up not reading it was because I was under the impression I didn't like office romances, (laughs) which I've since learned is, like, ridiculous because apparently they're my favorite things outside of, like, a goblin. You read Hating Game, right? I did, which... Is it? I mean, like, look, this book came out before Hating Game, too. It did. It was like one of the earlier. Yeah, there was just something with like office romances that made me think of like fax machines and like photocopiers, and it didn't feel hot. It felt like fluorescent light. And then I literally like I rewatched The Office while I was. I was gonna say I'll, I'll remind you again that you loved the TV series The Office, which is all fluorescent. I rewatched lights. it while I was in Michigan too, and I was like, this is still <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh, Neil has watched. Oh my, he rewatches that all the time. It's crazy. So you two can have a little office chat. Oh, Jim and Pam, one of my favorite TV romances ever. I just saw someone on, it was on TikTok or on Instagram, but they were like, how amazing would it have been to have the office filming during like COVID? Because just to see how everyone would react, like, you know, Dwight, he would not wear a mask. He'd be having like COVID parties to get immunity. And Creed would have some like black market vaccine (laughs) business. And they said, I don't know what would happen with Michael, but I know he would hate Zoom. (laughs) He would, all Michael, Michael would be the one who put a filter on and wouldn't know how to get it off on Zoom. I'm a cat. Yeah. yeah. He'd be the cat. <laughs> so what are we all watching? So I have been so super busy with preparing for a book release and a little behind on podcast editing and I have a lot of kid stuff going on. So this is all just to say that I am caught up, or at least I was until today, caught up with Hospital Playlist 2 but now I have another episode to watch. So I haven't started anything else because I just haven't had time to, but I am definitely enjoying the fact that I still have half of Hospital Playlist to go. So I'm still watching My Roommate as a Gumio, and I'm still really enjoying it. I love it a lot. It's really getting good. There's more conflicts being introduced, and I'm excited. So I'm watching Lawless Lawyer, and I also am, I have a movie that I got on Prime that I need to watch. I downloaded it while I was in Michigan, and it's called Dongju, starring Kang Ha Nool, who, you know, anyone who listens to the show knows I'm a what? big- What? A Kang Ha Nool movie? Kang Ha Nool fan. <laughs> and this is a biographical film based on the life and work of Korea's renowned poet, Yung Dongju. And it's, you know, set in the era of Japanese occupation. And I don't know anything about it. I just basically was like, I want to see more Kang Ha Newell films. And so I grabbed this one and I'm going to watch it. And what are we doing next? 
Yeah, so I am actually going to be in Mammoth Lakes next week in the Eastern Sierras. So we were meant to go up to this other town on the Yuba River called Downeyville, but the smoke from the Dixie fires now is so bad that it's actually listed as hazardous. So yesterday, like a huge part of the day was pivoting, having to cancel an Airbnb. We're going with two other families, having to like figure out how to pivot, get refund back and find another place to book within like three days that didn't have smoke. So, oh, no. Yeah, California, man. Seriously. So while Leah's gone, Megan and I are going to dive a little bit deeper into our theory that epic things happen in K-dramas on episode 11. And so we're going to pull out some of our favorite episode 11s and talk about how epic the scenes are. I can't wait. It'll be fun. But that is it for today, everybody. So thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K-Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon of Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and unis. Annyeong! Annyeong!